Sylvia Anderson. I'm an ambassador for the Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City podcasting. And one of the things I've been really interested in is collecting a reservoir of stories of people's lives. And this one is an example of people in atypical careers. Today, I'm talking to a geologist from the oil and gas industry who has worked all over the world on offshore rigs, from Europe to South America, from Asia to New Zealand. Christine Telford joins me online from her home in Northumberland, England. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and thank you. Christine, my first question is about school. Tell me what your favourite subjects were. My favourite subjects at school were very much based around the sciences. Um, Maths, physics, chemistry. I loved geography, especially physical geography, volcanoes, mountains, plate tectonics. Um, very much interested in the natural world around me. Would you say those were non-traditional subjects for girls at that time? It, it's true, yes. And, and I guess I, I suppose I was one of only a few girls in, in the class, especially when we got into our later years, when we chose our subjects for exam subjects. Um, but I guess it, it never really registered that much to me. It was just what I was interested in. After school, you did a degree in geology at the University of Reading, and then you chose to go into the oil and gas industry. Why was that? Uh, yes, I did do uh, my degree in geology at Reading. However, I had hoped to go to the local university, Newcastle, um, to do mining geology. I, I live in an area of the UK that is uh, on carboniferous sediments. So we, we used to have a very big mining uh, industry in this area. And that's what interested me. Unfortunately, Newcastle University wouldn't accept me onto the course because I was female. And at that time, they didn't have any women working um, as geologists in the, um, in the mining industry. So at that point, um, somewhat perplexed, I went to Reading and studied geology. When I graduated in 82, um, there was a general difficult time economically. And um, both mining and quarrying were in a terrible slump. And... In fact, so was oil and gas, but the only jobs that were available were in oil and gas. So that's where I had to focus my efforts. And I did. Um, unfortunately, it took me two years and over 500 unsuccessful job applications to get into the industry. And when I did, it was really through knowing somebody in a company who was already working in a company that I'd actually been on my course with. Um, and it was through a a chance meeting with them that um, I was brought to the attention of the company that he worked for. And a couple of weeks later, um, a position became available in um, Norway, offshore Norway. And at that point, women were working on oil and gas rigs uh, in the Norwegian sector of the North Sea. And so they offered me the position. And, and that position was as a mud logger is that right, that, which has nothing that, to do with making pies. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do spend a lot of time with mud. Um, 
The, um, the drilling process is that you pump uh, a fluid called, we call it mud, but it's a, a chemical um, fluid and you pump it down the well and it comes out at the bit, it brings all the rock chippings back to surface and that's the major part of a mudlogger's job. They collect the samples and they also collect all the engineering data that's happening around the rig and um, you work in, an, uh, in a laboratory which is inside a container it's containerized offshore, and um, you catch the samples and you record the data and you monitor all of the, um, the engineering that's going on on the rig and you create a document which, which details everything that's just happening on the rig. Um, I mudlogged for quite some time, I think it was about three years, and then I was asked by a company to um, become a well site geologist on one of their wells, which I did. And the well site geologist also works um, on the rig. They supervise the mud loggers and the data engineers and all the other geological uh, specialists that are on the rig. And they communicate back to the operations geologist back in town. Um, the well site geologist gathers all the data together from all of the various specialists and then makes decisions on the progress of the well based on what they see. The communication back to the operations geologist is done. Um, I moved into operations geology, so it's a, it's a natural progression of um, a career progression through those, those different jobs. And I ended up as a, an operations geologist about 20 years ago, and I've continued in that ever since. Um, the operations geologist works before the well has ever started, they work to plan the well with onshore geoscientists and engineers. And then when the well is being drilled, they go into the execute phase and they work with the people actually at the well site on the installations. I see. So it's true to say that working on rigs, you were frequently the only woman. What was that like, living in close quarters with a herd of men for a prolonged period? It's, uh, it has to be the best of times and the worst of times. I've, um, I've made some fantastic friends that have become lifelong friends from, from meeting them on the rigs. And uh, I've also had to work with people who really I would have preferred to have crossed the road to avoid. But you must, under those circumstances, you must actually make sure that you treat everybody the same and with respect. And... Um, try and do the best job you can. It is very difficult. It's, it's a difficult world where you leave your home, go to work, you stay there for a number of weeks. You not only have to work with these people, you have to socialize with them, you eat with them, you, um, you spend all of, your, all of your time with them. And then sometimes you have to go and share a room with them as well yes. and, uh, and sleep in the same dormitory as them. So it, it is very difficult. And the, People from all different walks of life with all very different characters and all very different um, styles of living and morality and values. And you just have to make sure that you get on with everybody. Yeah. What would you say to someone if you had to give them advice? What would you say to a young woman starting out in a male-dominated industry? Well, I think the first thing for me was always that I just had to be myself. 
if you are going to pretend to be somebody else, you've got about 35, 40 years to, to keep up that pretense and it's a hard job. Um, from my experience, I would say that you should never try to be one of the boys because you're not and not to be a shrinking violet either. You just have to be yourself, have a good sense of humour, be inclusive. You've got to work hard. You've got to be professional at all times. You've got to be prepared to be purposeful. And you do sometimes have to stand your ground. You need to earn your respect. In those sort of situations, people are, are watching and judging. And it's very hard when you're in those circumstances, when you are very alone, to actually maintain that sense of um, purpose and dignity. Um, for me, I would say to anybody starting that once, you're, once you start in, in your work, you have to remember that it's a real double-edged sword. You have very much heightened visibility, which can be a good thing. But associated with that, you've got to be good at what you do. Because if you have heightened visibility, people can see very quickly whether or not they would say that you were good or indifferent or possibly worse at your job. But that's something that you can actually take and, and use as a, 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 big, um, a big benefit. Um, I've always had two rules whenever I've been uh, working on the rigs, and I've always stuck by them. And the women who I've trained to go and do the same job as me and to do the same job actually offshore is that um, two rules. One, you don't put your underwear in the laundry. And two, you don't eat a banana in front of anybody. <laughs> Good advice, I would think. <laughs> Thank you, Christine. Thank you very much for being our guest today. And um, good luck with the rest of your career. You're busy teaching, I understand, these days. Yeah. That's right, yes. I think when you get to a certain age, people just want to know what you know. So a lot of my time now is mentoring and coaching and, um, and, and uh, lecturing. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. And you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.